You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, you're in for a treat. Our special guest today has a famous dad. He's hung out with Michael Jackson, and he's multi-talented as a social commentator, author, businessman. He's literally traveled the globe and then some. And now he's here to unleash some wisdom he gained from his very special connection with a Maltese mix named Cleo. Please give pause and applause to Gotham Chopra. Hey, welcome to the show, Gotham. Thank you so much for having me. What a great introduction, but it's really a privilege and an honor to be here with you. Well, likewise. I mean, yeah, you say your last name, Chopra, and for all those people going, Chopra, Chopra, Chopra. Oh, yeah, he's the famous son of the famous Deepak Chopra, the guy that presidents and celebrities and others have turned to for spiritual guidance. But does father always know best? Hmm. Perhaps not when it comes to truly understanding the power and wisdom of dogs as his son Gotham does. And he'll explain this after we pay for this show by taking a commercial break. So, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. question what do i want what do i need i'll take a back shot i reach a mention i need time i need love i crave attention Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available in iTunes. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am honored and delighted to have as our guest the one and only Gotham Chopra. He wears many collars, son, father, author, commentator, blogger. And yes, today he is here to discuss his latest achievement, a Mutt Read book by Hyperion Press. Is that right, Gotham? That's correct. That? Oh, yeah. Whew. It's called Walking Wisdom, Three Generations, Two Dogs, and the search for a happy life. 
You know, Roger Karras once said, dogs don't make our whole lives, but they make our lives whole. And I'm just wondering if you can kind of describe this whole book and what got you motivated to write it and what's the message you want to take home to others, to us two-leggers that need a little guidance when it comes to our, our more enlightened four-leggers. Sure. Well, the, the book, yeah, Walking Wisdom, I, you know, it's really the organic evolution of so many different things. You know, my whole life, frankly, as many people might assume, I've had this teacher, I guess, you know, this man who's respected and, and regarded as one of the world's greatest spiritual teachers as my father, and, and not all of our experiences together has been completely spiritual. I've also had, you know, amazing dogs throughout my life as part of our, our family. And so, you know, this book, when I had my son uh, about three years ago, I started keeping a journal just about the types of things and, and how I wanted to raise him and what was most important to me. And as I started to reflect on you know, the teachers in my life and what I'd want to impart to him, the two beings that sort of crystallized were my father, which somewhat obvious, and my <laughs> dogs, which not so obvious. And, uh, you know, that's how the book sort of evolved. I think ultimately what this book is, is, is not necessarily about my dad or my dog. It's really about you know, these relationships that we build over the course of our life. And as with any relationship, whether it's with humans or animals, I think, you know, when you look into them and when you explore them, you discover a lot about yourself. So so that's kind of, to me, what the book is about. But it's been an adventure putting it together. And I think something I've really enjoyed and learned a lot from. Now, you've written other books and you've also been involved with comic books. Are you still with uh, your Virgin Comics, correct? And well, yeah, Virgin yes, Comics um, is is a company that I started a few years ago with uh, Sir Richard Branson and, and really built it to be pretty big. And uh, we recently, or about two years ago, did a management buyout where we bought the company back from Richard and, and the Virgin Group and have rebranded it as Liquid Comics. And so, you know, it's a business, not just our business, but an industry that's in a lot of transition and transformation. So it's, it's certainly been a lot of fun to be a part of that. We're going to be posting a couple of the videos from some of your sites, and the one I really enjoyed, and I was hoping you could talk about, is the one that you have. You're in the car with your dad, and your dad is actually driving. I'm sure you're a little nervous because you said that's one skill. He he really is never going to be come back as a driver's ed teacher, it sounds like. But Not walk us all, yeah. through that sold-out video of yours. Yes, yeah, so the sold-out is a documentary that I'm working on right now, and, and it's actually very analogous in some ways to to the book, Walking Wisdom. It's really this decoding or this exploration of who my father is. And certainly he is or has been one thing to the world in general and his millions of fans all over the world. He's been something similar, as all fathers are, <laughs> to, <laughs> to his own family. And I think, you know, for me, again, as I explore fatherhood now, and I'm three years in, it's been a little bit of, okay, who can I understand this? this man, who he is to the world, who he is to me, is he something in between, who he is to himself, frankly, and will that help me again find who I want to be as, as a father? So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's all these deeper themes, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of me hanging out with my father, which is a lot of fun for the most part, but you're right, driving with him is, is an adventure. Um, I guess that's the nice <laughs> way of saying it. It's the reason we don't let him drive very often. Well, he does seem to have his car navigate automatically to Starbucks. Is that right? Yeah, that's like his homing device. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he knows where Starbucks is at all times. 
Well, let's run down the family tree if we could. You have a sister. Let's talk about your sister and then your, your wife, Candace, and your really cool little boy, Krishu. Yeah, so, well, my family is comprised of me and my mom, my dad, and uh, my dog, of course, and my sister, yeah. Malika. Um, and, you know, we've always been very close. But, you know, beyond us, I have endless amounts of cousins, as many South Asian families do, that we consider siblings, and we've all grown up very close to each other. So that's been great. And then, you know, my own family, my wife, Candace, who we've been married now for just almost eight and a half years, and uh, we've literally known each other from college, and she's been great. And um, we have one son together, uh, uh, Krishu, three years old, and just sort of discovering his own mischievousness, as most kids around that (laughs) age do. Uh, yeah. Um, what's uh, Christian's connection? And we got to bring up the uh, very famous Cleo. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Cleo and the connection with Christian. How do they get along? So yeah, you know Cleo, um, our current dog has been with us for about eleven years. She's mm-hmm. a rescue, who my wife first, you know, at the time my girlfriend initially adopted when Cleo was you know, less than a year old and was headed for the pound, but we, or Candace, I should say, saved her for a little less than a hundred bucks. So seems like a pretty good deal over the course of time for the most part. But um, so Cleo's been with us through it all, so to speak, not only our relationship, but the evolution of our family now through our three-year-old son, my nieces who live five minutes from me and one's seven, one's about one, one, eight, one, six. And so she's been there for every child who's entered into our family and formed these intense bonds with them. I think, you know, what's funny is my sisters, uh, too, are both girls. And so she has a very sort of affectionate and endearing relationship with them. Whereas with Krishu, the three year old boy who is sort of everything that you would imagine a three-year-old boy to be mischievous, somewhat reckless, a little bit dangerous to be around, and absolutely (laughs) horribly messy at all times. You know, Cleo's a little bit more on guard, but they have a very, very deep bond, um, but also a playful and at times uh, antagonistic one. So let's talk a little bit about the book. It came out in early October, and uh, you're going to be giving some proceeds to a pretty good, worthy cause. Let's talk about that and how our book sales going. Yeah, so the book's been out for about two weeks now, and books, as as you know, are, are a labor of love. They take forever to write. They take forever to publish, and when you put them out there, like most media in the world today, you really have to push them aggressively in all the different forms that you can, and but then also be slightly detached because there's nothing right. that you can really control. So I think it's been going well. We've been getting some great press. And, and for me, most importantly, the feedback has been really great and, and have done some interesting things online that have enabled us to really not only get feedback, but have people get interactive, share their own stories about their pets, um, put pictures, videos, all of that. So I'm excited about that. And that's also been facilitated, like you mentioned, by um, an organization I'm working with, which I know you're familiar with, called Free Kibble, which was started by a young woman named Mimi Osland, and, and they're just awesome, frankly, like, and Mimi is as well. You know, they're all about really looking out for shelter pets, rescues, providing meals for homeless pets and, and uh, rescue pets, like I said. So proceeds from the book are going towards Free Kibble and some of the different initiatives they have, specifically with young children, actually, and sort of building that bond between pets and children, which has been so much part of my life and now my son's life. 
Yeah, I believe, uh, people, listeners, you got to tune in because Mimi's interview is on our sister show. It's called Pets Rock. It's our teen pet show on Pet Life Radio. So, you know, you know, the world is kind of small. Look at that. We got Mimi on the other show on our network. Yeah. So we want to help that out. Great. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be working with them. I, I think, you know, one, they have obviously such a great database of people, but, you know, it's a very like-minded, I think, People, you know, when we first got Cleo to the rescue, we didn't frankly do it because she was a rescue. <laughs> it just sort of was one of those synchronicitous things. And, you know, she's obviously evolved as, as I think most people realize who have animal companions and dogs. Um, she's, she's just become such a strong part and invaluable part of our family. And, um, you know, I think she has a connection to everyone in it. So it's been a great thing. Well, that's great. Now, I think you have some advantages in this day and age because you are just like, you know, multimedia. So the authors of the past would have to struggle at a, you know, at a book signing and hope that the newspaper would write a little paragraph or two. But talk about some of your, uh, your social media, I guess, sure. arsenal that you have and how we can maybe tag into your blogs and all. Yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's, again, been a very organic evolution. It's something I'm fascinated with and, and been interested since the very beginning with the MySpaces and Facebooks and Twitters and all of that. So I've built my infrastructure there. It tends to come in very helpful now when there's some sort of product like the book to, to help raise awareness around. But I'm on Twitter at, at Gotham, you know, Gotham Chopra is my name, my Twitter name, just uh, all one word. And then I also am on Facebook. I've also started working with a company called Scribd, uh, S-R-I-B-D dot com slash Gotham Chopra is where you can find my page. And, and that's actually specific to walking wisdom. And, and that's what I was referring to when I said, you know, we've built this sort of interactive tool that enables people to come. If you come there, you'll so, sort of see a walking wisdom ebook where people can come and, and upload their own stories. And um, there's a link to free kibble and there's just all sorts of stuff. And, and I think that's the most exciting thing to me is I'm able to work with all these different organizations who have different missions, but also share a lot in common, which is about raising awareness, generating conversations, really empowering each other, and, and you know, really identifying these special relationships we have with each other, with our pets, and all of that. So I'm everywhere online, <laughs> and yes, I, I blog a lot, um, uh, specifically on a site that I founded called intent.com. I co-founded it with my sister, and, and that's also just full of amazing content specific to, you know, what I'm doing now with the walking wisdom and dogs, but also just in general, there's a lot of other really passionate people there talking about what's important to them. That's good. And it's, I just want everybody to know it's intent.com that you and, is it Malika? Is that your sister's name? Yeah, my sister Malika, she is the founder and intent. Yeah, it's, you know, intent is, uh, people know all these buzzwords about social networking and community building and all of that, but in a nutshell, what intent does is, is it really asks you, the user, what is the thing that's most important to you, and then it builds a community around it. So you can go on and say, my intent is to be the best you know, dog owner or the best parent um, that I can possibly be, and immediately a, co- a community will sort of start forming around that to support you, to help you, to inspire you, all of those things. So um, it's a great site and some great people on it. Well, you know, you just inspired me to get uh, my intention will be after the show to get on to intent because I started a website 
called Four-Legged Life to help people laugh, love, and learn. And I even got rid of the Arden Moore site because I thought it's more about the message and not the person. And so yeah. I definitely will uh, sniff around that if you don't mind. I think that's yeah, a no, great I, I would, yeah. I, And I think, by the way, that's totally the new model, which is all of us sharing with each other, empowering each other, not, you know, the beauty of intent also is that they create content, they enable people to create content, and then they push it outwards. It's not about getting everyone to come to their site and interact there. It's about, you know, uh, giving people tools to sort of, yeah, share their intentions, but then take them with them um, out into the world and, and really form that community on their own. Well, that sounds good, and I am very delighted because, hey, listeners, Gotham is happy to give away a signed autographed copy of Walking Wisdom, and I think probably what do you want is the code word that uh, people need to have to uh, send as an email to Arden at fourleggedlife.com. What would you say is a good code word that they should have, Gotham? Uh, I think Cleo. Since both Cleo. you and I have yeah. name Cleo would be, would be the best code word I can think of. All right, all right, everybody. Cleo. So the first person that will email Arden at fourleggedlife.com will get their paws on a copy of Walking Wisdom by Gotham Chopra. And speaking of Cleos, we've got to have a little Cleo connection here. My dog is a 12-pound mystery mutt that has, I guess, you know, Maltese, Terrier, Bichon, Poodle. We even did the DNA and the uh, DNA folks because they said a grandparent of her has to have Basset Hound in her. So um, she's a little bit of everything. She's my $500 free dog. And I think the lesson she taught me was that I wasn't real big on little dogs. And I have a 60-pound dog named Chipper. And, of course, you know, how the infinite ways of life work. I now have a 12-pounder that has taught me that little dogs have big hearts. And I don't know. You had a dog growing up, I guess, was it Nicholas or what was your dog's yeah, name? Yeah, Nicholas was a big, beautiful. Yeah, he was probably around 50 pounds as well, Samoyed. <laughs> beautiful Russian breed um, and Cleo is very much the opposite like it sounds like you're Cleo like she's a yeah. 10 pound somewhat mystery mix we're pretty confident her mother was a Maltese we tend to tell everyone that her other half is Terrier but I think that's a lot of speculation <laughs> so yeah. but she's she's totally unique as most dogs are let's talk a couple of dog stories if you would you've described yourself as kind of the decoder for the message the messenger and the man but you grew up with your dad, and everybody was turning to your dad for advice, you know, people with really fancy resumes and titles. But uh, not Nicholas. Share the story about your dad trying to reach out to Nicholas. Sure. Well, yeah, you know, my whole life, even before my dad sort of became famous, I guess, to to the larger audience, he was always very much the same way, which is very curious about the world, always wanting to experiment with different things and different techniques that he had just read about. So when we got our first dog, Nicholas, years ago, I was probably seven or eight at the time, um, my father was convinced, and, and frankly not at all a dog person, but he was convinced that you know we didn't need to go through any sort of formal training to get Nicholas <laughs> up to speed, that yeah. we could just sort of do certain intuitive things that he had read about. And so you know he wanted to practice this experiment where he would prove that trust and love and loyalty were just <laughs> intuitive qualities that you know dogs and and their human companions as they describe them um could sort of innately teach each other or form together and right. so you know 
he, despite the fact that there was no precedent for Nicholas being disciplined dog, my father was convinced that if we just sort of had strong enough intention and let Nicholas off the leash, that he would, you know, stay by our side. So one day he took my sister and I out with Nicholas and sort of got down on me and talked to Nicholas as if he was sort of a human and really, you know, tried to convince him that we were going to let him off the leash and then he would stay by our side. And and to my surprise, and my sister's surprise, it almost appeared like Nicholas kind of was listening to him and nodding to him and he had this sort of big, goofy grin on his face. And as soon as my father took him off the leash, he stood there for a minute and the grin only got wider and then he absolutely bolted as if he were, you know, Jeff Gordon or something like that. <laughs> and yeah, we spent the next two or three hours furious at my father. I think I was crying most of the time, searching for Nicholas, um, couldn't find him, uh, you know, really sad and made our way home. My father concocting a plan for what we were going to tell our mother, only to dis- to sort of find Nicholas drenched and his hair all matted and little scrapes all over his beautiful white fur and, and some blood standing by my mother's side at the top of the driveway. And it turns out he had gone frolicking in the local reservoir and messing around with some other dogs and playing. And one of the other neighbors had spotted him um, and came, never got a hold of him. Actually, that's one of the sort of funny endings to the story is, you know, my father asked my mother, did the neighbor bring him home? And my mother said, no, the neighbor tried, but Nicholas sort of came home on his own. And my father, you know, despite the great irony of all of this, <laughs> turned to my sister and I and said, see, I told you so. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, it was the first of many lessons, I think, throughout our lives that our dogs have taught us, but also taught my father, who's, you know, the the great wisdom preacher to the whole world. Turns out some of his greatest uh, lessons have come from, you know, the four-legged creatures in our life. That's great. We're speaking with Gotham Chopra. He is the author of Walking Wisdom. It is a new book that just came out, and it really is more than just a story of lessons and our connections between our dogs and ourselves. It, it really kind of gives us kind of a holding a mirror to our lives and helping us assess what we can do to make it more enriched and better. And we're going to talk more with Chopra right after we take this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Hi, it's Rochelle Fab from the Twilight franchise, inviting you all to listen to Oh Behave with Arden Moore on PetLifeRadio.com. And I think you should encourage other people to listen too, because I'll tell you from personal experience, Arden knows. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Oh Behave. Here's Arden. 
Welcome back to the Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time speaking with Gotham Chopra. He is the author of Walking Wisdom, Three Generations, Two Dogs, and the Search for a Happy Life. And uh, you have been literally traveled all over the place. You were a TV reporter, I guess. I mean, you were talking yeah. about the different stages. I've seen some videos of you, and, and now you're in your mid-30s. So, you know, we all go through these different passages. How do you assess yourself at this point in life? Do you think you are where you want to be, or has there been some delightful sure. surprises? Well, I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, it's been a series of delightful surprises, and I don't think I've ever, beyond having an intention um, of generally of things I've wanted to do, I've never been one of those people who really, you know, creates a strategy and or a course. Um, everything I've done has been because I've been passionate about it. Like you pointed out, I was a journalist for many years and traveling all around the world and actually focusing on things very different than I am right now, which is predominantly covering war zones and conflicts and terrorism and all of that sort of stuff. And, and you know, ironically, I think I can speak with some authority because I come from, quote-unquote, such a spiritual family. I would sort of qualify those things as amongst the most spiritual things I've ever done in my life, which sometimes odd, sounds odd to people when you're talking about terrorists and suicide bombers and all sorts of madness like that. Um, I think, you know, I've also been involved in startup companies and entrepreneurial activities. And yeah, I, everything I've done has been certainly very exciting and and empowering and educational and enlightening. I, like everyone else in the world, you know, wake up certain mornings and think, what am I doing? And feel kind of lost. But I also, you know, learn through the years to be comfortable with that uncertainty because from uncertainty comes order. Uh, out of chaos comes creativity. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with where I'm in my life. And certainly over the last three years, I've discovered that no matter what's happening uh, in the world and, and in my life, to be able to focus on my son and just hang out with him and be present, you know, that's the most important thing to me. So, you know, if I can be a good father and help raise him to be a good person, I think that'll be my greatest accomplishment. I think that's great. And do you feel a little pressure being the son of Deepak and what's your wish for uh, Krishu? Because um, you're pretty you know, famous too. <laughs> in, in my, you know, in the past, I probably have felt more of that pressure and, and kind of felt more of that shadow, I guess or being in that shadow. I think, you know, at this point in my life, especially and largely because of my son, I now have something that I feel is all mine and, and, you know, I created it and I'm responsible for it and it doesn't come with certain expectations. So I think I've gotten to a point where, and, and especially now because I'm working with my father and I think even between us, he sees things in me and I see things in him. We've sort of found our rhythm at working with each other and in our relationship. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable now, I guess, with it. And as for, you know, my son, I, I think, you know, I can already tell he's very strong-willed and has a very strong personality and he'll probably outshine both my father and I and, and we'll be very happy for it. That sounds great. Now, we have another thing in common. We both enjoy sports. I used to be a sports writer in charge of the Florida Marlins and the Panthers and all that at a newspaper down oh. in South Florida. And that's where I met John Grogan with the Marley and me. So I think it's kind of cool that you love, you root for any Boston team. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a huge sports fan. I grew up in Boston. So my, while I haven't lived there since I left for college, my loyalties are still very 
strong. You know, it's it was very hard to go to school in New York and be amongst the oh, yeah. land um, <laughs> yeah. as a boss, as a Red fan, and now living and essentially raising my son uh, in Laker country is equally difficult as a Celtics fan, but um, we've managed to persevere. <laughs> so, have you ever gotten your dad to go to a sporting event and get into the you know, spirit? You know, I have. Um, <laughs> he just does not sort of, I mean, to this day, he probably wouldn't know the difference between the Bruins and the Patriots, which uh-huh. is one of the great disappointments in my life. But I've learned, uh, I, I'm not sure if I've ever dragged him to a sporting event. It's recently, you know, we actually were in Thailand over the summer where he was, again, going through some sort of spiritual journey. And I was documenting it as part of this film that I'm doing. And uh, it was mostly monasteries and monks and all of these things. And I managed to take him to a Muay Thai boxing fight because I just wanted to see him react in that environment. You know, that's certainly one of the most brutal and violent sports, I think, out there. So uh, it was pretty fascinating to watch him in that environment. Now, the other thing is there's a section of your book, and I I was fascinated because you actually took your dog, Cleo. You had a friendship with the late, great Michael Jackson. And here is, you know, I don't want to have to read it out loud. I thought maybe you can recount the night you took Cleo to Jackson's Neverland. Yeah, so Michael and I were very good friends for many years um, prior to his death. I, I probably met Michael when I was a teenager and have, had known him, you know, up until obviously he passed away last year. And during that time, um, had many great moments, but certainly one of the most memorable ones was when I had to take Cleo up to his Neverland Ranch. Um, I had her, my wife was in medical school at the time, so I was in charge of looking after her and had no other option than to bring her to the ranch and I you know I did it with some trepidation because I knew from prior conversations and just I guess reading about Michael or whatever knowing that he had a fear of dogs um, stemming from his own childhood where his father had some fighting dogs and had some bad experiences and all of that so still you know Cleo being what she is which is a 10 pound you know (laughs) mystery mix like you put it and never really being much of a threat to anybody I figured you know what could possibly go wrong and of course a lot went wrong (laughs) when I brought her up there and Cleo certainly was not in awe of the great Michael Jackson like most people I've been around were she sort of uh you know, as I think most people who have dogs know, dogs are very intuitive about people and mm-hmm. they pick up on the energy. So Michael's nervousness and trepidation initially on seeing her and meeting her, she totally picked that up on. And, um, you know, she managed to get off the leash and she chased him all around his uh, <laughs> famous home. But I think, you know, Michael also, as most people do know, even those who did not know him, you know, he was you know, his high-pitched voice, and he laughed a lot. And so even as she was chasing him around his house, terrorizing him, he was screaming at the top of his lungs and, and laughing and all of that, and she managed to corner him on the top of a table. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, my gosh. But, you know, her tail was wagging the entire time, which I knew as a sign is she thought this was some sort of game. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I managed to get her before she buried her <laughs> tiny little underbite into him. Um, right. So... <laughs> We got them both back. I got her back on the leash, and I kind of told him, my father was there also, you know, you really need to build a, just a bond with her, and it doesn't take that much time. So we, we got him to sit down with her and calm down, and, and 
he ended up, you know, she ended up, of course, as Cleo often does, like turning over and <laughs> exposing yeah. her belly to him. And uh, he bonded with her. And, and so I'd like to think, you know, I know later in his life, especially once he got kids, he got some dogs for his kids and his kids were very affectionate and loved dogs. And so I like to think, you know, maybe I played some small role or Cleo, more importantly, played some small role in helping him get over that fear of dogs. Because I think, you know, you know, it's funny because most people do know from what they've read about Michael that he had a lot of animals and he loved animals in his life. But unfortunately, he had a fear of dogs, which it seems like he overcame later in his life. You know, isn't that an amazing how things work out? I mean, who would have thought a 10 pound mystery mutt could do something to help the king of pop? Yeah, well, Cleo is an amazing dog, and, and so I can't say I'm that surprised, but uh, yeah, it certainly is one of the things that I'll remember fondly about um, our friendship through the years with Michael. You know, he and I were both born in the same hospital in Gary, Indiana, and oh, really? uh, I, th- I believe his family actually did live on Jackson Street. The city of Gary is divided into presidents and states. And he did grow up in a pretty bad part of the town, and um, it was a big steel town in, in its glory days, but it's been kind of worn out. I can see how his father probably did have uh, fighting dogs, and yeah. probably thinking way back then, that's generations ago, you know, that that was the right thing to do. But it was nice to hear that he was able to have a connection with the dog, and that he was able to have his children have dogs, too, knowing that they love them. That, to me, that's a, a great gift you can give others because you may be afraid of something, but you know the benefit that a dog is doing for, for your children. I agree. So we're talking with Gotham Chopra, and I do have to ask you, how did you get your first name? Because it wasn't on your birth certificate. Yeah. Yes, well, so the name's never changed. It's always been Gotham, but the original spelling is G-A-U. T-A-M. That's probably what's on the birth certificate. Um, mm-hmm. It's an Indian name, so it actually means, much to the surprise of many people, uh, it's the original name of the Buddha. Um, so oh. it's Gautama Buddha is the sort of origins of the name, and that translates as, I guess the meaning of that is the enlightened ones. Uh, I have a lot to live up to. Um, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know how, to be honest, it became... Gotham City, which is (laughs) ironic considering I now work in that industry as well, the comic book industry. I did change the spelling, although never officially, to G-O-T-H-A-M, just because I used to work in television a lot and nobody could ever pronounce my name, and I've always pronounced it as Gotham, and so... Um, you know, I, I actually went through, this was in my early 20s probably when I was a lot more sensitive about these things and debated it for a lot, like was I bastardizing my name and anglicizing my name and all of those things that you get. And my father kind of shrugged and was like, you know, it's if you bastardized it, it was your ancestors who bastardized it a long time ago, so what's yeah. the difference? Go for it. So I went for it, but I just never went through the formality of the paperwork that's involved to change it on your passport and all of that. It's a great name. I mean, not everybody can pronounce your name, and you've got easy spelling. So, again, we're going to be able to give uh, an autographed copy of Walking Wisdom by Gotham Chopra. And uh, the secret code word is? Go ahead, Gotham. Cleo. Cleo, that's pretty easy. And where's Cleo right now as you're speaking? Is uh, Cleo having a latte at Starbucks with your dad? No, uh, she's she's dutifully chasing Stroking my son, who's in the midst of his morning routine, having eggs and soy sausages and all the things that he loves. She stays loyally by his side in case any scraps go away, um, and he makes sure, you know, slip her a few when no one is looking. 
right now, I, we're going to be able to give a copy of your book away. What's up next for you, Gotham? What are you on to? Well, I'm already working on another book right now, which I may have had. Oh, I, no. Say it ain't so. Yes. Again, a really fun book. It's sort of stemming out of the world with my father and all of that, but this time um, also in my world of superheroes and comic books called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Superheroes, um, and oh, I'm having yes. a lot of fun that together working on this documentary, um, and then I'm just working in the world of feature films and working with a lot of amazing creators, but those are big, huge projects with, you know, lots of money that we still need to source, and hopefully we'll we'll see those uh, come through, but, uh, you know, a lot of creativity in my life, and I surround myself with a lot of creative people, so I'm always stimulated in that way. There's a lot of great stories and uh, lessons in life that you have in your book, Walking Wisdom, Three Generations, Two Dogs, and the Search for a Happy Life. But can you share one that seems to stand out in your mind, Gotham? Yeah. I would like, you know, the, the book is, like you said, uh, so many stories and, and I think obviously very treasured ones for me, both growing up with my family um, and now raising my own son and, and the dogs that have been with us all along. But there's one simple one that takes place very early on in the book and was actually quite recent. It was about a year ago when I was just starting to put the book together. And um, my father and I and my son, who was two at the time, and our dog Cleo were going for a walk around the block in our neighborhood. And at one point, my son pointed out towards the horizon and something he saw up in the sky or off in the distance. And both my father and I stared out there trying to figure out what it was, whereas Cleo, our dog, was staring at Krishu, my son's little finger. And we couldn't figure out what he was pointing towards. And my father then started laughing. And I turned to him and I said, you know, why are you laughing? And he said, because that's the difference between humans and dogs. The humans are always looking towards the future, expecting something, hoping for something, whereas dogs are fixed very much in the moment. They're staring at what's right in front of them and they are curious about it. And I thought that was a pretty, you know, simple, though sweet and very, you know, powerful parable in a way, because it is very much true, and I know that certainly happens in my life. I'm often thinking about the future and planning and strategizing, and I don't value the moment. And uh, I've started now talking about this so much, you know, reminding myself of that, and even when I take Cleo for her walks every day, I'm trying to observe that, leave my phone at home, get off the Twitter and the texting and the email and the phone calls and all of that, and just be very much in the present moment with her, which I think is probably the greatest spiritual quality that she's taught me amongst many. And, um, you know, just be with her and and be part of that exploration and that adventure of of this moment. So, you know, that's something that I think most people who have dogs probably have experienced, but it's also important to keep nurturing those things. I think you put it well said. I am so glad you got to be on our show. We're speaking with Gotham Chopra, the author of Walking Wisdom. If uh, you email Arden at fourleggedlife.com, the first person to put the cool code word, Cleo, will get your paws on an autographed copy. And uh, I also want to just wrap this up. Let's go through some key websites that people need to know so we can uh, help out the good proceeds that you're using for this book, Gotham, and where we can kind of keep tabs on you. Yeah, so I'm working with freekibble.com, which is a great organization, a charitable organization that supports shelter and rescue pets, and proceeds from the books will go towards um, some causes. Um, And I'm also working with my own company called intent.com, and intent is a great social network site 
that people can go to and interact um, with the book and, and other people who are passionate about uh, things in their lives. So go to intent.com and freekibble.com and you can help out dogs and cats in needs at shelter and uh, maybe nourish yourself with some good spiritual philosophical advice that we all can use anytime, anywhere. Gotham, I give you pause up for being a guest on our show. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. So that's our show for today. I want to be able to thank again our guest, Gotham Chopra, and you got to go over and get that book, Walking Wisdom. It's really going to help you. And I also want to take this time to thank my cool producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.